Welcome to Giant Cocktails, a podcast where lifelong fans talk about the San Francisco Giants while drinking homemade cocktails. And now, here's your hosts, Ben and Matthew Henry. Welcome back to another episode of Giant Cocktails. I am your host, Ben Henry, alongside my brother, the esteemed, the debonair, the unaccomplished, but redolent, and venerable Matthew Henry. How you doing, Matthew? Good. I just got venerable, huh? I, I didn't get a new one? Oh, I was, I was actually going to save that for the question. Oh, okay. All yeah. right. I yeah. was just, I was like, mm-hmm. Venerable's from last week. And I, I yeah. If, okay. All right. I'll stay Venerable. I'm good. I'm, yeah, things are good. Well, well, I mean, I, I'm not saying I don't have a new one for you. Oh. We are, we're going to keep adding them until the season is over. Oh, okay. Well, that's what I thought, but then you stopped. And so I wasn't really sure where. Well, yeah. I mean, well, here's the deal. I, I didn't want to take time thinking up a separate question also. <laughs> so you're being lazy. Yeah, well, uh, as always. Yeah, okay, as, I get it. As, as, as always. It makes sense now. Yeah. Lazy, you know, yeah. I mean, look. I mean, let's face it. We're all going through the motions right now, right? Yeah, I mean, I us, mean, the Giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's face it. Let's face <laughs> it. Uh, just just trying to make it to the end of September. Uh, so yeah. So my question for you, Matthew, is is this? Mm-hmm. Would you rather be bumptious or not bumptious? Hmm. Hmm. Bumptious. Dang it! Totally cheating. Okay, so the the definition of bumptious, which I didn't even know was a word to be honest, appears to be irritatingly self-assertive. Yes. <laughs> eh. Dang and. And. <laughs> Hey, hey, I got a new I got a new title for this show. Oh, okay. The Bumptious Brothers. Yes. Because <laughs> look, I, 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 I know I, I'm bumptious. You are I am bumptious. definitely bumptious. Y- yes. In fact, there's a picture of you right next to this word now that I'm looking at it. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, apples and trees and, you know, DNA, I, I feel like there's a little bit of bumptiousness in me, too. Yeah. I'm sure my staff, who you know, would would probably tell you that, who work with me at the Y. Uh, so yeah, I'm sure I'm bumptious. We both come by it naturally. Hi, mom. <laughs> we both come by it naturally. Uh, all right, all right, bumptious, bumptious it is. Okay, all right, I like it. Leaning into it, leaning into it. Sometimes we have to accept our flaws. Yeah, yeah, or right? just yeah. I mean, I mean, is is it a flaw is, though? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Is it a flaw? I mean, I've gotten I pretty far being bumptious. I, I feel like it's maybe helped me a little bit. Yeah, you know, look, if I need to bump it, you know, just barge my way into your conversation anyway, you probably should be offended. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, it doesn't mean that what you were saying before I interrupted you was important or relevant or we worth being heard. I mean, that's probably why I'm I'm barging in quite frankly. Um, but but when I'm doing that, I probably don't care if I'm being offensive or not. Clearly, I'm doing something that needs to be done. I'm stopping you from talking. <laughs> 
Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. On that note, we should probably we should we should probably just you know we should just move on. We, we should, should just move on. Yes, because okay. we can all talk right. about bumptiousness all day, but I don't think that's why the <laughs> listeners are here. So, why are the listeners here? I wonder. I wonder too. But thank you. I mean, thanks. Yeah, I mean, do do thank I do thank you. Like you know, it's I, I well, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about this. I think we're all getting a little bit fatigued. But anyway, today is Wednesday, the twenty first night of September. That's right. Earth, wind, and fire, do, baby. Do you remember when, Matthew? I remember, and and as of. And I don't know, 20 minutes ago, we thought maybe the 21st night of September would be forever uh, Logan Webb Day because he was throwing a no hitter as we were about ready to record. And then then that didn't that didn't happen. So so now it's just a normal 21st of September. And uh, sure, I remember that night. I do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a moment there, love was changing the minds of pretenders. Uh, but alas, um, you know, September ended. You know, and and you did say you wanted to sleep through all of September a couple of weeks ago. So I, and you just I did. wanted me to wake you up when it ends. And so, yeah, but maybe maybe wake me up on the night of September twenty first. I, I you know maybe that was it. Yeah, if Logan were to throw a no hitter, you probably would want to be woken up to see it. I you don't want to yeah. watch like the ninth inning. You want to watch like the sixth through ninth, right? Yes. I feel like if you're watching a no hitter from the sixth inning on, that's a legit watching. Yes. Right. But if you just jump in for the last three outs, that's not legit. No. Like, no. You didn't see a no hitter. No, you you if got you to only, you got yeah. to do the drive by at the end, uh, you know. Right. But it wasn't like you saw the accident happening. You know? that, that's right. That's right. Anyway, folks, uh, since we last spoke, the Giants uh, have played. Well, they, they're in the middle of playing their sixth game as we speak. Um, they got swept by the Dodgers, as they do. Uh, no surprises there. The Giant, the Dodgers are now on pace to win. I think 113 games this year. Uh, they're going to finish about 113 games in front of the Giants. I think. <laughs> <laughs> and uh but since then the giants have been 2 and 0 against colorado and and are winning i think winning well, 4 to know, nothing 4 to nothing in the 7th right now 4 to nothing in the 7th as we speak so looking good but either way a series win uh and if they do win they'll go 500 for the week and i think i i think that's an accurate representation of where the 2022 giants are yeah, way worse um, than the Dodgers, but really a lot better than the Rockies. That's correct. And 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 I, I I think the the silver lining there is, folks, at least you're not a Rockies fan. Totally. Because nobody in all of baseball knows what that organization is doing, uh, or where they're going, um, or why they're doing it. Well, so, I'm, I'm watching it on TV right now, and behind home plate, there's like ten people. <laughs> Like, I mean, it's no, like nobody's at this game. Just it's, it's like fifty degrees there. It's, it rained early. I, I will say it was a rain delay, so uh, maybe mm. that's why. Uh, I, I should maybe that's probably a strong reason why. All right. Well, if you're looking for um, you know some sort of solace, at least you're not a Rockies fan. Yes. You know, I mean, that's that's about that's about all I got for you, folks. Um, Go but, Giants! Uh, at least we're not the yeah. Rockies. <laughs> I mean, there are some things that happen, but we're going to talk about that later in the week. Later in the week, later in the show. Uh, but first, Bob, hit me. What are you drinking, Ben? Well, thank you for asking, Bob. That's very kind of you. Uh, today, I have brought not one, but two shrunken skulls. I'm also drinking a cocktail known as 
the shrunken skull. <laughs> and uh, as I promised last week, uh, and and I promised you that I was only going to be bringing the cocktail, so I really apologize about the the miniature skulls. Uh, uh, so what is the shrunken skull? Well, the shrunken skull is a tiki drink. And as we all know, I have been diving into tiki deeper and deeper. I'm, I'm trying to find the thing that makes tiki tiki. And, and, you know, I, I think in the early episodes, I, I suggested that maybe it was, it was pineapple juice and, and I alluded to, you know, maybe it being coconut flavors and, um, and and I think I've heard one. I've read some descriptions that it's really actually about like one of the the, the hallmarks of of tiki drinks is crushed ice, right? Because crushed ice helps cocktails uh, dilute a cocktail and makes them extra cold, and that makes them you know more enjoyable to drink in hot tropical climates. But at the end of the day, I think tiki is really just a vibe, right? It, it's a vibe where you're allowed to be a little bit offbeat. And do unusual things. And everybody knows it's offbeat. And everybody knows it's a little unusual. But we're all going with it. Right? It's like it's like going to an amusement park. Or, you know, dinner theater. Not that any <laughs> of our listeners know what dinner theater is. Wow. First of all, I don't know that we've ever had dinner theater in California. I, yeah. I, I, I think that's like a, that's a Midwest thing. Right? And I think it was a Midwest thing like 40 years ago. Yes. Certainly yeah. not any time in our yeah. recent yeah. past. I, I guess what I'm thinking is like theme restaurant. Theme restaurant. There that's, you go. That's what, yeah. It's like theme restaurant, you know? And uh, and so I have a, that's the Shrunken Skull. It definitely has an offbeat name. Uh, but it has also has an offbeat uh, recipe because it is basically a grenadine-based cocktail. So what's in it? Well, I have two different kinds of rum. One is a gold rum, and one is a Demerara rum. Um, I will tell you this. It, it can be a little bit difficult to, to differentiate between uh, different rums that are made from different uh, kinds of sugar, uh, right? So, like, you can have uh, cane sugar is the most common one, but you'll also see molasses rums and things like that. And, and Demerara is from Demerara sugar. Um, and... Um, Usually, it's it's not really easy to pick this out, right? It's not like they usually have a demerara section in the, um, in the in the liquor store, you know, at the at your um, you know, soft drinks and, and etc. store. But what I will say is this: is that the demerara rum it comes off as being a much darker, richer kind of flavor, um, and so if you're drinking this side by side with a white or a gold rum, you'll definitely be able to tell the difference. And so it definitely brings its its own profile. That being said, I think you could get away with just two ounces of one kind of rum in this cocktail, because as I said, this is really about the grenadine. Uh, but before you add the grenadine, you're going to want to add one ounce of lime juice. And then you add one ounce of grenadine. So basically, it's one ounce rum, one ounce rum, one ounce lime juice, and one ounce grenadine, which makes grenadine 25% of this cocktail, which is way more than you'll find in almost any other recipe. My grenadine is homemade. Boom. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. This is not any, this is not your bright red roses, okay? <laughs> I, you want to know what I did, Matthew? You juiced a pomegranate? God, no. <laughs> I went to the grocery store. 
I went to the, you know, the 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 careful way grocery store and I got me, you know, one of those mom's pomegranate juice. Uh-huh. Is it mom's or palms? Yeah. Uh yeah, yeah, that's it. Um like I said, mom's pomegranate juice. And uh and I brought that home and I made simple syrup out of it. All right. So equal parts sugar <laughs> and uh and Yeah, equal parts sugar and equal parts uh, uh pomegranate juice. Um, as, as I said, you can just use a really well, 100%, a really well-made 100% bottled pomegranate juice, but you can also juice your own pomegranate, uh, which is a total mess, by the way. Yes. Wouldn't a recommend. total mess. Wouldn't recommend. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you know, do that outside naked because <laughs> like, it's just going to be a disaster if you do it, if you do it any other way. Uh, and then, um, now the one, the one hallmark to this, and there's many, many grenadine recipes out there, but they're all essentially the same. It's pomegranate juice, sugar, and a little bit of orange flavoring of some sort, either in the form of, uh, orange bitters or orange blossom or flower blossom water. Right. Which you can find in specialty shops. But um, Fees Brothers makes one. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So uh, and it's just a few dashes of that uh, into your um, basically if you use a cup of pomegranate juice, a cup of sugar and a a few dashes of um, whatever orange flavoring you've got. And then you either heat that over heat or you shake it cold or you blend it. Or you leave it in the refrigerator overnight, uh, you know, uh, I, I, you know, all the different ways that you can make your simple syrup, uh, you do that. And um, um, what's nice about that is that you can really control the flavoring uh, with, with the bitters or, or orange flavoring juice, uh, water, sorry. Uh, and, uh, and I will say that that grenadine, it does taste, uh, I did a taste test today, and it tastes much richer it has a better base a better bottom to the flavor right like the corn syrupy stuff it's really bright and pomegranate-y uh at at the foretaste but then the the, then after that the taste is just very like you know corn syrupy um when you make your own it's it's a richer deeper flavor um and altogether this makes a very uh, grenadine-y um well hang on Mm, yeah, that actually blends together very well, especially once your ice starts to melt. Because um, you shake all of that with crushed ice, and then you just pour it straight into the glass. So no straining, um, huh? You just the ice goes no, right into the glass. glass. Ice goes straight into the glass, yeah. And then you can top that off with more crushed ice if you want. And it creates a very bright, um, but layered, you know, sophisticated kind of, of profile because the, the rum flavors kind of um, follow, right? You get that bright, sunshiny kind of flavor from, from the lime and the grenadine, uh, and then you get that rum finish. And uh, it creates a very layered, um, but cool and refreshing cocktail. Uh, it, it's definitely like most tiki drinks very very drinkable you could you could have six of these and aside from the brain freeze uh you you wouldn't you wouldn't know how drunk you were until you stepped off the bar stool (laughs) it's also a bright colored red it's really pretty yeah that's from the uh from the grenadine which is from the pomegranate juice yeah Mm -hmm. um yeah I, i think if i were to make this again and this is i think just my own palate i would pull a little bit back on the lime juice 
Because you like it a little sweeter, go, huh? Yeah. I like it a little sweeter and a little less tart, but I think that's just my personal preference. Um, Which so, is one of the great always, things about making your own cocktails at home. You could. That's right. You could do that. That's what I. That's what I was just gonna say. You can do that. You be you. You be you. Anyway, that's my cocktail, Bob. Mmm, that's a tasty cocktail. Everybody loves a trunken skull, Bob. What are you drinking, Matthew? Bob, I I feel like I'm also in the tiki world. Uh, in fact, everything about this drink screams tiki except the spirit. And generally in a in a tiki, you know, as as Ben has been demonstrating lately is it's rum is, you know, front and center of a lot of tiki drinks. Uh, but the one that I'm presenting today is called the Surfliner, and its primary spirit, or its only spirit, is is rye whiskey. And you know, rye whiskey has a little bite to it. It's got uh, you know some spiciness to it that certainly the rum you know wouldn't have. And uh, but that that's the start of the cocktail. And then you add an ounce of pineapple juice, which now we're starting to talk tiki, right? And then three quarters of an ounce of lemon juice. And three-quarter ounces of orgeat syrup, which is an almond-based flavored syrup, and uh, which is also a hallmark of, like, the Mai Tai and many tiki drinks, right? So, uh, and then, but then, to throw a little bit of a, of a twist on it, you, you add two dashes of Peychaud's bitters, and uh, which adds a little bit of this kind of New Orleans kind of spiciness to it and plays well with the rye. Uh, and and then you put that all in a shaker with ice and you shake it. And I will say that you need to shake this one a while, good 30 plus seconds, uh, because you really want to get some of that dilution. And hearing you talk about the crushed ice, thinking maybe that might be the way to go, because I did not do that. I just did regular ice and then I strained it into a glass with fresh ice. But I'm thinking you could probably just do it with crushed ice and do what Ben did and dump it into a glass and that would be wonderful. In fact, I'm probably going to try that the next time because what I've learned about this cocktail is that it, the, it's when you first make it, and the reason why you should shake it a lot is that uh, it needs a little bit of that dilution to kind of mellow it out a little bit. And the first sip with the rye and all that, it's a, it's it's not it, it's it's nice, but it's not like mellowed at all, and it's kind of in your face. And then, but as the drink sits and the ice melts a little bit, it becomes a, a really kind of more mellow drink and and really blends together, and and becomes in my mind a, a better cocktail. And so I think if you judged it just on the first sip right after shaking it might not be that the your favorite but after it sits a while then it, it really does have this nice kind of punchy kind of uh tiki flavor and uh, it's really tasty and i would highly recommend it and and it and like yours it goes down quick it's definitely one of those ones that you can drink quickly yep it's already gone isn't it yeah i'm almost done i will say it sounds like your cocktail is like is like getting to know a henry brother <laughs> That's right. It's in your face. That's right. Bumptious. It's it's, it's, it's bumptious right <laughs> off the bat. It's really bumptious. And then it just kind of mellows into something, you know, venerable and redolent. That's right. So those of you who have stuck around for our podcast have probably figured that out. I mean, the ones that do one and done, it's probably like, oh, they're too bumptious. You know, I need to, need to move on. That's <laughs> probably true. We Yeah, for those that don't stick around, we probably are too bumptious. Well, those of you who like our bumptiousness, thank you. Yes, thank you. All right, well, we should probably talk some giants, or or do we have to? Could we just sit here and talk about cocktails for the rest? We could. 
Because what? We're 150 I mean, I, games into the season, and you know, is that all? <laughs> I'm guessing. I I don't even know. Well, oh man. Uh, yeah, I mean, 148, and not even 150 yet. Oh man, like I'm not gonna lie, Matthew. I, I I'm I'm get, I'm tired. I'm tired. It, it it's uh, I'm ready for the season to be over. It's hard work being and a Giants it, fan, Ben. It it is hard work being a Giants fan. You know, I I think uh, I mean it's it's hard work being a fan for a team. I I imagine it's hard work being a Rockies fan. Although to a certain extent, I I think I think for us particularly this season it was really hard right especially with our expectations not just because of last year but just of where what Farhan Zaidi and his regime was supposed to have accomplished by now you know this organization is supposed to be a top tier organization that spends a lot of money and uh, and this was supposed to be the time that we finally proved that Right, that we're in the same tier as the Yankees and the Red Sox and the Dodgers, and that that we're one of those teams. And uh, you know, I, I think 2022 was just kind of a big old fart in the face, man. It just, you know, it was like just not, just not who we are. It's not who we are, and uh, and and it was really exhausting to watch it all happen. And I think you know, in the first half of the season, it was like, oh, they're going to turn it around, but then. I think to some of us, it became very early, right? Or clear around that time that, oh, wow, this is not good. And yet the band played on, you know? I mean, the, the guys were, were moving the deck chairs on, on the floor saying, like, everything's going to be fine, you know? Dinner will be served at uh, at 7, you know? Like, uh, Well, yeah. You know. And I think the whole... I mean, I, I reflect back on the early days and, you know, we got off to the good start. And so that kind of gave you the sense that maybe this we were going to pick right back up where we were the year before. And then things started to go a little south. But then you were like, well, 2021 was just happened. And we're of course, we're going to turn this around. And 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 we never did. And it just kept getting worse and worse. And uh, and which is, I think, is. You know, when you go into a season with expectations, like at least Rocky fans don't have any expectations, right? So I'm sure they're just like, they're there to have a good time, whatever. And and for us, though, this year especially, there were some expectations. And I think that has kind of lended itself to the fatigue. I think you, know, you, you, get, you get knocked around enough. And uh, you get a little punch drunk, and 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 you start to get a little tired. So I'm with you, man. I think that this this is uh, been a long, long haul. And this September, we're only what uh, 25 days. It feels like it has been like 121 days. I mean, September has just dragged on and on and on. And 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 I, the one thing too that I wanted to mention was, it feels like 2019, you know, and. And if you remember back to 2000, <coughs> <laughs> you're choking on your drink. <laughs> Sorry. I know. I know that's a bad, a bad, bad memories to dredge up. But hear me out because our winning percentage okay. is not too different than it was in 2019. And, and if you recall 2019, I mean, we were just bumbling along. We were throwing anybody that could play any position out there for any length of time. And we set a National League record for uh, most players playing in a season with 64 players played. And remember, there's only 26 guys on an active roster, and we played 64 players in 2019. But guess how many we've played in 2022? 
27. Close. 62. 62 players have played, in, and we're still got like two weeks left in the season. In fact, they just brought up a guy named Gerald Cotton, some reliever they picked up, who will be, you know, number 63. Now all we need is like someone to break their arm or something, and then they'll get bring up somebody else that hasn't played this year, and we'll have tied the National League record set by the Giants just a few years ago. So it's just... You know, it's been that kind of season. And so, but it kind of snuck up on us. Like, we didn't know. Like, I didn't know that we were going to, we, it's just 60, 63 players? Really? You know, and then they recycle them over and over again. Like, I'm looking over here, Jason Vossler's taking in a bat. I'm like, I thought you were dead. You know, and, and just, you know, and then, you know, Lewis Brinson, we named a podcast after him two weeks ago, wondering like, wow, he's so great. He got designated for assignment yesterday. So, you know, it's just one thing out this carousel ride of just roller coaster ride. Like, I know it's just like forget baseball. We're a big amusement park that's just been, you know, thrown around over and over again. And yeah, I'm a little I'm a little tired of it. You and me both. You and me both, brother. I can't believe the Lewis Brinson era is over. Man, that was a great era. You know, the final straw was when he couldn't catch that um, ball to center field uh, that uh, almost uh, lost us the game there. Like it was, uh, he, he he's six foot seven. All he had to do is reach up and head his glove up on the fence and catch it. But no, it popped out of his glove. And, you know, and then there was a review from the relay. And anyway. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you if you can't catch the ball and you can't hit, then what good are you? Exactly. He hit those three home runs and then and then did nothing, right? Nothing. Yeah. 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 But, you know, I mean, we named a podcast after him, but I, I don't think we named the podcast after him because we really thought that Brinson was going to be the guy. Oh, no. No. It, you know, I think it was indicative uh, of how bad the season was that he was even brought right. up. So, right. Yeah. Right. You know, a, a guy who's had a thousand major league at bats is a guy who's had a thousand major league at bats, right? I, I think you know what he can do, and um, and they got what his record indicated. You know, um, and again, I think it just demonstrates how unprepared the 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 minor leagues were. You know, and then and then at that point in time, they didn't bring up Elliot Ramos, and then they did. And I was looking at Mr. Ramos's game log, game log from his last, uh, well, from his entire major league uh, uh, season for this year, and and I thought what was first of all interesting is that his last four games were all against the the Dodgers, which which feels pretty mean actually. I mean, let's let's have you the only games that you're going to play are against the toughest team in baseball. <laughs> yeah. Like, did they do that on purpose? Like, I I don't know what that was all about. But but he his his last four games were all against the Dodgers. But he has played um, at this point um, how many games this year at the major league level? I'm pulling it up. He's played nine games at the major league level, and he is. Two for 20 in 22 plate appearances with zero home runs, zero doubles, and zero triples, and uh, two walks. And he got those two hits in his first appearance all the way back on April 10th. Ouch. So in his last eight games, he is 0 for 17. And, um, um, 
Yeah. Maybe, so, maybe they were yeah. hoping for a little David VR magic. Like he'd come back up and, and would, would. Well, you know, but the David VR was having a good season at AAA. Great. Right? Okay. Good point. You know, yeah. but, but Ramos, Ramos wasn't. And, and that was the guy they didn't call up so they could, they could make room for, they could have room for Lewis Brinson. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know which one was worse. Elliot Ramos. I'll tell you what. It, yeah. Elliot Ramos <laughs> hurts more, right? Yes. Because you know, you know. he's. He was supposed. This was supposed to be his year, and it has been anything but. I mean, beginning of the year, remember we were talking about when would he come up? When was he going to be making an impact on the team? And yeah, never. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the. I, I think that's a really good point, though. I, I think about the minor leagues in general, which is one of the reasons why the current state of the minor leagues for the Giants really, really troubles me. But in the end, might not actually matter. But the when you rank the top one hundred prospects in baseball. If you divide that by 30, right, you have uh, you have three, you know, you have basically uh, you got three. Right. So that means every team should have three people in the top 100. Right. Right. But that's like equivalent. That's the equivalent of, um, you know, it's the equivalent of, of, of like three baseball teams. Right. That's a lot of guys. And most of those guys are never going to make it. Right. Yeah. The top 100 prospects, most of those guys, the overwhelming majority of them will never make it. They might have a cup of coffee, but they're not going to be established major league players, right? Right. And, and so that means you really want to have as many of them as you possibly can because the more that you have highly rated, the higher chance that you have that some of them will stick. And when they do stick, they'll be all-stars or they'll be at least you know star players for you, right? Like we talked about, you know, Joe Panic equivalent. Right. right, I think Joe Panic is a great example of the kind of player that you hope to create. Yes, obviously you want all stars. Obviously you want uh, ultimate Hall of Famers. But if you can consistently create players of the Joe Panic variety, you're going to be doing pretty well for yourself. And and that's and and most players in the top 100 never have a career like that. Right, which is why <laughs> you want to be better. You want to create as many as you possibly can. And the Giants have a dearth right now. And the whole organization took a step bas- backwards. You know, ask anyone who rates these things. They all say that the Giants took a step backwards this year, uh, which is just another reason to be fatigued. <laughs> yeah, and I think that, I mean, getting back to your point about, you know, developing baseball players, I I think a good baseball team, you know, has, I mean, obviously, a, a really good baseball team, and I think if you looked at the Dodgers, this would be the case, would be players that are... Uh, you know, have wars above, you know, three or two uh, who are or average major league players at best or at worst, I guess I should say. And uh, so those Joe Panic type players, shoot, the Tyro Estrada type players, you know, are valuable because that means they that you don't they're not a hole in your lineup. They're not someone that, you know, that you can that you just have to ignore or work around. There's someone that can be productive at the major league level. And not every team has those. And the the Giants last year had this knack of kind of plugging in players that were performing at that level or better. And this year, those players are, some of those same players are not performing at that level. Uh, but they're not even, you know, anyone they've brought up. I mean, they brought up way more players this year than they did last year. No one is is performing at the level of an average major league player. And it's shown. I mean, we just, you know, it's not, 
there. I, I, know, I know we talked before or past about, you know, there's some hope. There are some players in the minors that could impact the major league club uh, within the next year or so. But uh, in the meantime, we certainly don't have anyone. And even those players are not a guarantee, as you said. I mean, it's uh, it's a crapshoot. And you never know who who's going to perform and who's not. That's right. And you know what we need, Matthew? Who? We need a savior. We uh, need we need all rise. Pro- uh, <laughs> well, uh, yes, yes. We definitely need somebody who can adjudicate things well. Yes. And with authority. Yes. We we definitely need that. Yes. Um but we also need somebody maybe who who's who's been there, who's done it before, who went through it all with us. And, um, you know, maybe he can do with his brain and his wallet what he did with his brain and his bat. Sure. One Gerald Dempsey Buster Posey. Yeah. Well, he's an owner now, so that's Gerald Gerald Posey. It's just just, just Gerald. It's just Gerald. We don't don't call him Buster anymore. It's Mr. Gerald. (laughs) Yes. It's, It's Mr. Gerald. Uh, 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 Mr. Gerald, can we have some Aaron Judge, please? Yeah, and I didn't go back and look at his uh, his career earnings, but he must have done very well, you know, to have an ownership stake in the San Francisco Giants. Well, I mean, I think he he did very well for himself, Matthew. And it's kind of interesting, right? Because they pay him, and then he comes back, and what does he do with that money? He, gives he just it gives it back to them, <laughs> so he can now own part of the thing. It's an but, investment, I mean, that's, Ben. It's an investment. It's a, it's a really good investment. It's a really good investment. Uh, you know, the uh, I, I just saw for unfortunate reasons that the uh, the Suns cost four hundred million dollars to buy the Suns and the Mercury cost four hundred million dollars to buy what two thousand four, and now they're worth one point eight billion dollars. You know, the Angels are, are allegedly worth two point two billion dollars. Wow! Right? Wow! So, so yeah, it's an incredibly good investment, um, and I'm sure I'm sure that somebody like Buster has probably already made good investments with his money. Um, but yes, the point is, uh, Buster's an owner now, you know, and we blamed him. We blamed him for a lot of the things that were going on because he retired. Well, now it's really his fault. Yeah, we're going to blame him even more now. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah. Open up the wallet, Gerald. Come on. (laughs) I mean, I I think this is interesting. And I know they kind of made a big press release deal out of it. And I kind of felt like, and I know this, you know, Buster's investing in the Giants because Buster wants to invest in the Giants, period. But it kind of felt like fan service to me. It kind of felt like, hey, I know that everything else in the world sucks, but good news, the best player of the last decade is now an owner. Well, I, I so think every- it's certainly announcing it before the season is over. Two weeks left to go. There's still a couple home stands. Like, yeah, they they announced it at the right time. I mean, off season news, nobody cares. So, yeah, I think that that was uh, took advantage of it for sure. And trying to maybe assage our fatigue. Are you talking with your mouth full? Hey, you were just rattling your cup. Yeah, but I'm so going to edit I- that out. So you know. <laughs> 
I can't, I can't edit you talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or maybe I could. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? Two weeks ago, you edited me out beautifully. <laughs> Which was no small task, let me tell you. Uh, you know, you were, you were being very bumptious, and I had to like really rein you in, man. I was extremely bumptious that day. I was extremely <laughs> bumptious. Uh, yeah, but anyway, I mean, I, I yes, like I, I, I don't know that this has anything to do with anything, but but Buster's an owner now. I have a little cognitive dissonance on this. Like, you know, I'm I love Buster, and now he's like the enemy. Like when things don't go well, it's his fault, and. Uh, so, but, but maybe he will bring some of his magic. Maybe he, that the team will, uh, the team ownership and the, he's on the board of directors. So maybe, you know, some of his, uh, insights will be beneficial for the Giants. I think they will be. And yes, I still have ice in my mouth. <laughs> I don't want to chew it because you're not supposed to chew ice, Matthew. No. Well, I do it all the time. I do it. Yeah. I know you do. I can hear you do it on our podcast yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. So may- maybe, though, Buster can help recruit a certain uh, free agent. A certain Bay Area native? Yes, a certain uh, American League home run record holder. A certain someone who's just as good as Babe Ruth? Yes. The great, <laughs> the great Judge Bino. Yeah. I mean, that's another thing. Well, I mean, as I said, that is something to be positive about, right? I mean, to be hopeful about. Um, the adjudicator I, I Aaron, of SWAT. Right. The adjudicator of SWAT. That's right. And I I think he's made it very I mean, look, if he wanted to sign an extension with the Yankees, he would have. And he hasn't, right? Because that means he fully wants to test the market. And he has made it very clear that the team he cares about the most beyond the Yankees is the San Francisco Giants. And I don't think this is a case of Aaron Judge being like, I'm going to juice the Yankees for as much as I can by using the Giants as a, as a, as a patsy. I, I think he genuinely wants to, to have the opportunity to sign with the Giants. Whether he takes it or not is an t- entirely different thing. And quite honestly, given his history with the Yankees and what he's just accomplished... To me, it seems in- incredulous that he would sign with anybody but the Yankees. I, exactly, and I feel like we need to keep saying that because, because I mean, still the odds of him signing with the Yankees have to be better than him signing with the Giants or anyone else for that matter. Absolutely, and I mean, if we're the Yankees, right? You're the Yankees GM. I mean, you're rolling up uh, a big old armored truck for him right i mean it is probably the most the biggest contract in the history of major league baseball yes to keep to keep him on your team i mean just think of what the giants did with barry bonds as he was climbing up the charts or even what's happening with albert pulos with one season with the cardinals right having a historic player finish his career with your team especially if that's the only team he's ever played with is worth so much money, right? Like Aaron Judge is going to generate tons and tons of revenue for the Yankees if he stays with them. Um, And he will probably be a net positive no matter how much money they give him. Right. But you could say the same for the Giants, though. I mean, if... if, So let's say... Let's say they they come back... Let's say the Yankees say, we'll give you 10 years, 350 million. 
which I think is over a hundred million more than their last offer. Right. And, and I'm just throwing that number out because it's a big number and I don't know if that's right. But if I'm the giants, then we're like, what does 400 million sound like to you? You know, I, I, 10 years, 400 million at this point, you know, I, I, I think to your point, right. You're going to get some of that money back giants, right? I mean, that's, uh, you know, he will, he is the type of player that will drive ticket sales that will drive merchandise sales and, and he could be the face of your franchise for the next, you know, 10 years and, or at least maybe seven or eight. And then, and then, you know, he's getting old, but, uh, but so what? And, and, and so I think this is one of those ones where the Giants have to open up their pocketbook and just be like, how much, how much do the Yankees are offering you? And we will offer you significantly more. Did you just call him the Yankees? Did I? It sounded like it. Sure. It sounded like well, it. Well, I think we Either should just keep calling them that. The Jankies. The, sure. The Jankies. Yes. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. The Jankies. Well, well. so, I, I mean, well, let's do some comps oh, like here. Like in Spanish, oh. we'd be like, Los Jankies. Los Jankies. <laughs> well, it is. Yeah, they're definitely janky. Uh, uh, well, let's do some, some comparisons here. Uh, Mike Trout is getting paid $37 million a year and will be paid $37 million a year every year through his year 38 his age 38 season so 40 million might be low 40 million i think is low i think i think it's probably got to be 42 and and i don't think mike trout i mean sorry aaron judge is as good as mike trout right i don't think but the market has been reset i mean you i mean he signed that a while a while ago correct and i'm comparing aaron judge to probably one of the top seven baseball players ever right right i I think mike trout is that good uh and um he's you know i mean mike trout is having an off season this year or well i guess i don't know that he's doing as badly this year as he was last year but um his ops this year is 170 and his war on uh baseball reference is 5.3 that's just obscene that's obscene well, it's his 24 season. He was a 10.5 war. That's 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 ugly. I mean, that's, that's just that's remarkably good. That's remarkably good. When he was 20, he was also a 10.5. 10. So he, this is his war in seasons from starting from year from his 20 season, his year 20 season. 10.5, 8.9, 7.7, 9.6, 10.5. Ooh, and then he drops down to a 6.9. Slacker. But then he's back up to a 9.9, 7.9. Oh, in his last two years, he's been awful. He's been a 1.8 and a 1.8. I think injuries but played it, a role in that. Right? Yeah, yeah, he was injured because he didn't play nearly as many games. Oh, and then and then one of those was 2020. Okay. Right? Because yeah. remember, 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 folks, war is a cumulative step. Right. So you only play 60 games, you're not going to have a high war. Exactly. Exactly. And then he had a 5.3 in, in, in 20 so far this season. Uh, for comparison, where is Mr. Aaron Judge? Judge started later. He's his first, his first. Well, he played ninety five. Sorry, only played twenty seven games in twenty sixteen. When his, uh, but in twenty seventeen, his first full season, his OPS plus was one seventy one, and he's been at one fifty, one forty three, one forty three, one forty nine, and then this year he's at a two fourteen. That's just <laughs> that's just crazy, right? And so his war, for comparison, let's ignore 2016. He started out with an 8, and then a 5.9, a 5.6, and then a 1.1 in 2020, and then a 6.0 and a 9.7. So his season this year is comparable to Mike Trout's best 
two or best best th- two or three seasons. So you know, is he as good as Mike Trout overall? No. Uh, but at age thirty, he is better. I mean, they're both thirty, and uh, he is slightly better because of the home runs. And uh, and uh, yeah, so I think forty-two to forty-five million a year. Pam. So you know, I, I think that's four hundred and fifty million dollars for ten years, which means you pay him through his forty year, which obviously is too long. But this is the position that the Giants have put themselves in. They have a totally uninteresting product next year. There is no reason for anybody to go out and buy season tickets this offseason. None. You don't want to. You don't want to. You know, watch Tyro Estrada and uh, and David Br. Uh, you're not going to go buy tickets to get excited for them. No, for 81 games, including the the two home games that are going to make two home preseason games are going to make me pay full price for. No. That's not including. So that would be games 82 and 83. No. No, I do not. You know, the most games I went to in a season was 70, and that team was way better than this. That team had Barry Bonds on it. <laughs> I, I would sign season tickets to see Aaron Judge and and his friend Trey Turner, Correa, Nimmo, Swansby. You know, yeah, I would pay to see those guys play along with all the others and maybe a couple of... Uh, you know, old but still interesting starting pitchers. Yeah. You know, I would pay for that. And and that's the position that the Giants have put themselves in because they spent none of that money in the previous seasons. Right? They didn't even want to make Kevin Gosman a competitive offer. You know, and what's really interesting is I saw some quotes from uh, from from Zaidi saying that, oh, last year and this year were supposed to be the years where we really established ourselves. And I'm like, and yet you signed no one? You signed Rodon, which was a great signing. But a lot of people passed on Rodon, right? It was yet another Farhan Zaidi special. Right. You didn't spend big money on anybody who everybody else wanted to spend money on. You avoided the expensive tickets. And, and like, the, the Giants have now put this in the situation where they have to give... They have to give $45 million to a 40-year-old Aaron Judge. Maybe $50 million. And that, I mean, that sounds ridiculous, but the Yankees are probably going to do the same. Right. Well, somebody's going to do it. Somebody's going to play a ridiculous, pay a ridiculous amount of money for years that probably aren't going to be as good. And that's just the price of getting the player for the next five years or six years that could be a season changer. Right. And that's just the price. So pay it like you can complain about how expensive it is, but someone's going to pay it. That's the going rate for one of the best players of all time. Yep. Yep. Agreed. If Aaron Judge does not go back to the Yankees and he goes to somebody other than the Giants, I want Zaidi's head. Right. I do. I want him fired. Yeah. Like, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. Like, if Zaidi doesn't get Judge and the Yankees don't get Judge, I want Zaidi's head on a platter. I want him fired. Period. And I know he's a congenial guy and everything's mellow and everything's fine, but no. If you don't get Aaron Judge and somebody other than the Yankees gets him, then you need to fire Farhan Zaidi. Agreed. Period. Like, and, and if the Yankees do get him, it better be for 600 mil, right? It better be for a number that nobody else would ever spend. 
Like, and that's because, you know, you didn't sign anybody the last two seasons. You didn't get any. Like, this is a form of entertainment, and I am not entertained. <laughs> yeah, this season was not entertaining at all. No. Anyway, wow, this was supposed to be an uplifting thing. <laughs> you know. But, I, I, I mean, here's, here's the point, though, that, like, I think everybody knows that. I think we all know that. Right. Like, I think everybody knows that they got to go get that guy. And uh, and that is the expectation. That is the expectation. Well, let's. So let me ask you this, because I'm ju- this came to my head. We haven't talked about this before, but let's say Judge does go back to the Yankees or any other team, I guess, for that matter. It doesn't matter. The Giants don't get him, but they get, let's say, Trey Turner, Brandon Nimmo and re-sign Rodon for a five year contract. Is that good enough? Not if they don't come out of the gate well. I mean, I would probably... Farhan Zaidi would be on a month-to-month at that point in time. So he, he, gets, he gets credit for for going after some big guys and getting some good names, but it really the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, yeah. And and honestly, I mean, I think I think you also do need to push the envelope with guys like McRae and Schmidt, and um, I, I think it's too early for Luciano, but Harrison, yeah, right? All of these guys who maybe are 2024, I think you do need to push the envelope a little bit with them and, and force them into 2023. Their con- their future contracts be damned. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Again, another price that you have to pay for the inadequacies, for the mistakes that you have made in the past, right? You're going to have to let all those guys have that extra year. And they're going to all be major leaguers one year earlier than you maybe would have thought they would be, or then even maybe that you would normally would have put them through. Um, you know, and, and I think I think that you know midseason, early midseason call-ups in those guys, if they show any sort of, um, you know, signs that they're ready, you know, and, and I want I want uh, Luciano or or Marciano as I've called him in episodes <laughs> past uh, in AAA, you know. Mid-season, right? I want you to push these guys. And and I know you can push them too hard and all that sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? You underperformed this season and you got to make up for it. And uh, and I, I think that if guys are showing a- any sign that, that they're, they're ready, then you lean into it rather than leaning back. Uh, and... Um, yeah, and again, that's because of the deficiencies that you've demonstrated up to this point. And uh, and so I think if we saw like, you know, if we saw somebody like Turner and Nimmo and and uh, and then Rodon and um, you know, maybe some good, you know, high quality relievers at the back end and and this team comes out and is much more competitive is like really in the wild card spot, you know, comfortably in a wild card spot. Uh, and then you add with your minor leaguers midseason to to add some energy and excitement, and then maybe you or maybe you trade for another big guy, and you make a significant push. Um, then yeah, I I think yes, I would say that that's good enough. That's good enough. But I think Zaidi's he's on month to month. Like I'm not saying if he doesn't get Judge fire him before the season starts. Uh, but certainly if he doesn't, like if, if if they come back with nobody, then yeah, I would say fire him immediately. Hmm. I, you know, yeah, 
because I would say like, okay, that demonstrates that we're nowhere and we need to bring somebody else in who can fix this mess uh, sooner rather than later. But but if you get judge, I give him the full season. If you don't get judge, I say give him month to month and whatever. You should assign more guys earlier. The the honeymoon is over and we haven't seen, uh, you know, the farm system perform the way we wanted it to or the way that I think they had they had thought it would. And uh, all of our better prospects are in the lower divisions, just moving up to double A, some of them. Uh, so that. Yeah, I, I think that we're behind. And I know that they're quick to blame COVID and all that. But again, everybody, every team has had to deal with COVID. And so for them, I to don't kind of ever like, want to hear. Yeah, I don't want to hear another Giants executive say the word COVID ever again. <laughs> Not even Brian Bannister, who hasn't been oh. with the team the entire year. Uh, uh, no comment. <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't until the athletic uh, article with Baggerly uh, uh, this week. I, I had no idea that Brian Bannister wasn't part of the team this year. You know what, Matthew? I'm a Gen Xer. I believe in hard work and put your job first. You know, yeah, and put yeah. every everything else second. You know, that's just kind of and that's that's probably bad. That's really bad. <laughs> don't don't live that way. I, I appreciate the way that the uh, the millennials and the zennials and the Z, the Gen Zers have got it figured out. But but that's the way. You know, that's kind of my mindset is. And, uh, you know, that's not what happened there. And so that really irks me. But other than that, no comment. Um, yeah. No comment. All right. Well, I, I think we should look to next week, which on paper seems like a uh, a favorable week to, to get uh, some wins and maybe some, you know, see some players uh, perform well. We've got three games against Arizona. Well, we got to finish the Colorado series. Then three games against uh, Arizona and then Colorado at home. So, you know, uh, between... But, but I, I say that, and as I say that, I think about all the games we've lost against the Diamondbacks this year. Uh, the only saving grace is that they're not playing very well right now. Uh, and, uh, so maybe we'll catch him at a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I thought you were going to say, uh, things are looking good. It's the end of the season next week. It's not even the end of the season next week, though. We've still got two more weeks left of this. Two more weeks. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, wow. So what, what, what episode is this? This is 60. What episode are we doing now? This is 68. Oh, so next week is episode 70 minus one. Yes. Nice. <laughs> so so maybe we should talk about the cocktails we're going to make next week. Okay. Well, with that in mind, sure. I think we should. Uh, the number of the, the episode, you, do you feel like that should be uh, a starting off point for our cocktails? I have no idea what you mean, but I was thinking about making between the sheets. <laughs> All right. I... I know the other obvious one out there is Sex on the Beach. Um, I'm not a big fan uh, of that cocktail, though. It's like orange juice and stuff. and, and pe- it's, oh, it's orange juice, peach snaps, and vodka. Yeah, and, and yeah. Uh, so, I mean, it's really 1980s, and, and we're way beyond that. And so I'm going to find something that will be appropriate for 69, but I, I don't know what that's going to be. Oh, man, suddenly I've got Eye of the Tiger in my head. <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, in Miami Vice. Yeah, and and I I just think in terms of cocktails, I think of Tom Cruise being a bartender and you know tossing his shaker around and all of that. I mean that's comes to mind. I think of those kind of cocktails. That's called the the, the bartenders call that flair, Matthew. Yeah, yeah. That's that he he had a lot of flair in that movie. <laughs> um, 
let's see. I just found a I just found a website here. Let me let me throw some names at you. Uh, <laughs> the SBNB. <laughs> okay. Uh oh my gosh. No. <laughs> you know what? You know what? The name's not nearly okay, the name is Suck Bang and Blow. I'm not going to read the ingredient list because that's offensive. <laughs> okay, the title is not is is okay, but uh, it's what's in the, the the cocktail that we have to be worried yeah, about, huh? Yeah, right. the the angel's breast. See, there's lots of options out there. We'll find something. We'll find something. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! The things we got to do at the end of the season when the Giants aren't in the playoffs. All right, we'll we'll have fun with next week's cocktails. Bob, why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Uh, I'm still reading names. Oh, Lord. Keep going. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. (laughs) Yes, Twitter and Instagram. Uh, Giant cocktails, both on Twitter and Instagram. You can see uh, our drink recipes. Ben's bright red... (laughs) Bright red, shrunken skull, uh, all that. Okay, okay, name one, Ben, quick. (laughs) Um, um, uh, uh, okay, sex with an alligator. All right. I just just don't feel, like, comfortable saying. That's what we're doing next week, sex with an alligator. Stay (laughs) tuned. I have no idea what's in that. I don't know. Something along those lines, folks. And, uh... Yeah, please come back. It'll be it'll be good. I promise. You're not doing that one. I, it's a no. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll find something else. We'll find something else. All right. But you're doing it between the sheets. Yes. All right. I took the one good one. Yes. Yes. Cheers, Matthew. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Join us next time for the Giant Cocktails Podcast. Until then, bottoms up. Uh